It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theaters, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, Bryce. And Murray. Who's gonna live forever? He's gonna learn how to fly high. He feels it coming together. People will see him and cry. He's gonna make it to heaven. Light up the sky like a flame. Flame! He's gonna live forever. Baby, remember his name. Remember, remember, remember. Hey there, Merman. Oh, is it my turn now? It's always Mr. Sinatra. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Oh, baby. Love me the singing for Mer. Well, thanks to all who've been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform. Or support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film. And you know what? We'll watch it. Now, let's get to raging. But first, a word from our sponsor. Good segue. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadow Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie planned? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. singing for you next week for that Murray well please tell me that's true yeah we'll always sing for Murray won't we Brycey maybe all right all right so we started by uh, streaming a movie on shutter dum 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 it is an animated film called the spine of night Yes, it is. Yeah. The Spine of Night is an animated epic fantasy film set in a magical land that has witches and violence and nudity. And in short, this film definitely was not made for me. (laughs) 
The story of a witch who has special powers with the help of some sort of boa made of some purple plants that are apparently... That apparently if you are wearing it, you have to be naked. Although later in the story, a dude started out naked with the purple plants around his neck. But then later he was wearing clothes, so I don't really know what was going on. And there are like people dissolving and limbs and heads are being chopped off. And through it all, I was bored to tears. I am really not into this kind of thing, so I kind of feel bad giving it the rating that I have to give it, but for me, this was a not-at-all-made-for-me rage. Well, isn't that cute? Murray, you should have seen this. Uh, no, I watched the first five minutes. I realized it was animated. And, and it obviously wasn't for you either. I don't watch cartoons. Oh, there we go. Well, this movie was made, obviously, exactly for, for me. Yes. So they pulled us in with the promise of ultraviolence, which they delivered on. But the true gift was the hand-drawn rotoscope animation they gave us done through computer animation? What? This brought back to me my younger days seeing all the Ralph Bakshi films that I loved so much. As I've said many times, I'm not one for nostalgia, but this exceeds all new animation by far bringing us the beauty of the hand-drawn past with the technology of the now. Now, I had some issues as the film started, as I questioned the reason, the need, in what I thought was objectifying the witch by having her be nude. But, as we find out as the film progresses, they evenly show male nudity who are operating as a witch. So I guess witches like to be nude, I guess. And I'm okay with that. I love fantasy film. And this tells a new and interesting tale of horror, fantasy, magic, humanity, and its flawed nature. And of course, the beautiful art, ultraviolence, and of course, some nudity for all to enjoy, except for Bryce. I love the story. This resurgence of animation that's not Disney for a change kept it coming and keep it coming because daddy like... No, I mean Daddy Love. It was Mondo. I loved it. Yeah, it just it's not for me, man. Well, you know that it, it's important that you know what's not for you. Yeah, I, I feel bad giving a rage because I'm sure that it's, there's lots of people that enjoy this type of thing that it would was really me. like. I'm it. sure there are plenty of fanboys and nerds. Uh, that's me who probably but loved. It. I, I just, love. I just did not get it. I. And, you know, that is what it is. You, you, we know this about you. You are not a fantasy fan. Like, no, you do I hate not. Fantasy. Yeah, fantasy is like your least favorite genre. And fantasy is one of my favorites if it's done right. And this was done very right for me. And I love, I love that old. That old animation, the hand-drawn rotoscope that they it have. Looked, it looked cool. I'll give you that. The 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 colors, the yeah. color palette, the drawing, it was fantastic. I know, it's not your type of movie. Yep. Murray, I'm disappointed in you. There was nudity. I thought we could have kept you in. And a promise of ultraviolence. Dude, I watch 11 movies a week. That's and you can't, can't watch some nude and ultraviolent cartoons? It was a cartoon. I don't watch cartoons. Okay. Not at all, hey? Nope, not, not even, one. Not, not, the, not even the Simpsons. Have you ever seen one in your whole life? A whole. When I was a child. Did you watch Toy Story? First one. There you go. The first two. So Murray is now like twenty years ago a liar. Twenty years ago. <laughs> the last fifteen years I have. Liar. <laughs> okay, so he only doesn't watch them in the last twenty years. Yes, nope. since I'm a grown ass adult. Yeah. That, but they had boobies in it for adults. Whatever. Okay. I guess that's all we streamed. That's it. Mm. Now we went to the cinemas. Yeah, unfortunately. 
I love this music. We got to see Run, Woman, Run mm. uh, by director-writer Zoe Leigh Hopkins, or Lee Hopkins, and stars a bunch of amazing uh, Aboriginal people. It was great to see films with Indigenous voices, music, and all Indigenous cast. Uh, I loved seeing Dakota Ray Hebert, or Hebert in the role of Beck. In this, her humor and realness in this, in my opinion, role were really natural and made me fall in love with her character. Also, big fan of Lauren Cardinal. In anything, it's always great to see him. A lot of the humor hit its mark through the beginning of this film, but as the film progressed, it lost its humor and moved into a serious family drama. The issue I have is the transition to the family drama seemed too abrupt and not at all natural. The story is not new or that original, but seeing Dakota Ray Hebert drive to the mailbox time and again was fun and satisfying. I really liked the first third of this film, but the last two thirds was at times uh, rushed and hard to digest. Another issue, as you all know, is my hatred of memory flashback montages. And there was quite a few memory flashback montages in this film. Film uh, was a little bit too Hallmark moment for my liking. Funny was pretty funny. Dakota Ray Hebert was awesome in my opinion for this film for the most part. I didn't hate it, uh, it was a meh. Well, I could not disagree more. Oh, no. Apparently, we missed this gem during the festival last fall. Yes, we did. Which is a shame, because I absolutely loved this film. Ooh, there you go. First off, the main character was charming and funny. She was like that, a... Wait a minute. That's exactly what I kind of said. She so was like... Couldn't... A, yeah, but that's where you stopped. Uh, she was like a female version of me. From her love of Boston cream donuts... So driving to get the mail. Yes, I do that too. Uh, to her pessimistic and sardonic wit. Uh, I have not taken up running, nor will I ever do that. But this character was very endearing to me, which led me to cheer her on. The story was funny, sad, heartwarming. I also loved the proud representation of the First Nations people, which I also belong to. And who wouldn't want Lauren Cardinal as a dad? I sure do. Except we're the same edge, I think. Um, one of the nicest guys I ever met, by the way. Uh, this was a freaking Mondo. All right. <sighs> all right, Bryce, Mr. Party Pooper. I sense he doesn't agree. This is the all rage episode for Bryce, I think. I think it is, too. The film did not resonate with me at all. I did not get why anyone was reacting the way they were to each other. The humor fell flat, and I really did not like any of the characters. The romantic angle was head-scratching. Whether I'm talking about the daughter's romance or the father's romance, it does not matter, as they were both equally unrealistic nonsense. Every scene is contrived and nothing in this lands. And her spirit coach made little sense at all, and how could he possibly help her with her sports bra? I did not get that or anything else in this film. This was a rage. So, is it because you don't often shop for sports bras? He's a spirit. Why yeah. did he call her into the call him into the dressing room? Why not? What? And then said like, "Keep your eyes closed." Like, what is that funny? It was kind of funny, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, there, it, there are ghosts out there too. They 
Yeah. They, they help people with sports bras? No, but they sometimes... How is he going to help her? Why not? They're able to How? do things in, on the physical plane. Because he's... You know, they, they whip up a cabinet an and stuff. Like, there's... They have some powers. He probably had to wear, like... I'm thinking for him, they didn't have sports bras back in the turn of the century in the 1900s. Plus, but they probably would have had something that could keep his boys not hitting his leg. Because, you know, similar concept. He didn't have a bra, but he had some kind of tighty-whitey to keep his balls, you know, from flopping around like she had to keep so he kind of knew a little bit about athletics yeah i'm, I'm done contributing to this conversation oh, well that's too bad well apparently we were completely at odds through that apparently film we were this could be a great episode people stand by yeah, as as this be. this this projection towards the end of our podcast is we're gonna disagree on every single thing. i'm pretty sure we are <laughs> Starting with the next thing, which you thought you heard rage before. Just wait till the next movie. <laughs> the Lost City, which was the only major movie coming out this past weekend. Uh. With Sandy Bullock and Channing Tatum. A reclusive romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model gets swept up in a kidnapping attempt that lands them both in a cutthroat jungle adventure. <laughs> I was looking at the, the, the Bryce, anger on Bryce's face. It was even, it's even more exciting seeing it when we watch yeah. movies together. <laughs> so this movie was the very definition of a popcorn movie. You know when you get a bag of popcorn at the concession, you forget to tell them to layer the butter? Same thing with this film. That's why Bryce didn't First half was light, bouncy, fun, highly entertaining. Sandy and Tatum had some nice comedic moments, and Brad Pitt was freaking brilliant. Uh, unfortunately, the last ran out halfway through, much like the popcorn at the bottom of the bag. Then all you're left with is the salty, greasy mess and a few unpopped kernels. It was a fun movie, just a man. That's what? The thing Murray? You're gonna hear about it. Murray? Murray? I'm I'm disappointed. <laughs> okay. Nice. I like action movies. I know. I'm not afraid. I know. All right. Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum star in, yes. a, in a film that desperately wants to be funny but fails miserably. The story of a writer of romance adventure novels finds herself in a jungle adventure of her own as she's kidnapped to translate some ancient language to find some treasure in a lost city and it was as bad as that sounds. In fairness, I laughed twice. In its one hour and 52 minute runtime, that is one laugh for every 56 minutes. That is not good for a comedy. The fact that Daniel Radcliffe is in this should at least save it on some level, but it does not. I guess it just goes to show that even someone with superior comic timing such as Radcliffe cannot make a bad script entertaining. Bullock and Tatum sleepwalk through every misadventure. Brad Pitt shows up early on as well and fails to deliver in a brief cameo that should have been able to write itself for at least a few laughs. And yet I sat there stone-faced and unamused. The movie delivered on half of what it promised as light entertainment. And while it was definitely light, it definitely was not entertaining. It was a formulaic romancing the stone ripoff, and it was a rage. Big surprise. Nice. This was awful. Very nice. <laughs> so you. 
So every generation has its action adventure romance comedy film with a damsel in distress and a macho dude there to save the day with the power of comedy and irritation from romancing the stone to African queen. And then even more fan gastagorical, fantastagorical. We have the bounty hunter, right Bryce? <laughs> no. Okay. But finally we get the Sandy Bullock and the always sexy Channing Tatum. But most importantly, we get my man, Danny Ratty, in his first supervillain role. Uh, that's not true. Who was a supervillain with what else? He was a Now You See Me Too. He was a supervillain? He was a villain in that. He wasn't a supervillain. Well, he was rich and he was a villain. So he was just a villain. He was the same character. He's a supervillain. Whatever. As with mostly all rom-com action-adventure flicks, as previously mentioned, the plot and story were terrible and predictable, but... Yes. The awesomeness of Brad Pitt and Danny no. Ratty, along with the total sexiness and funniness of Tatum's, were pretty hilarious for most of the first half. In fact, Sing I would say brother. the humor in this film pretty much hit the mark every time. The problem was there wasn't enough of it. True. Uh, and especially not in the last half. I found myself laughing a lot and still think what? Tatum's is a great actor and can't wait to see his next film. I just want it to be an act, a, a blah. I just want it to be a drama and not an action. And Danny Ratty, there is nothing you can't do aside from a South African accent. It's true. It was a meh, cause I did laugh quite a bit. As the writing Surrounding the humor always seemed to work. What? Yep. The story was stupid. Yeah. And there was a million times that they didn't get it right. Yeah. But it was funny. So yeah, no. it's a man. It was go. funny. I laughed. Brad Pitt coming in was awesome. Exactly. How no. he how he goes and, away and was I, funny. We don't want to spoil anything. I almost how he went away. the end credits because the credits rolled and I had to pee. There so you go. I was out the door, and all of a sudden, I heard the music stop, and I turned around, like, "Oh, there's more stuff." You don't know spoilers, though, Mur. No, but there is end credits, so don't leave as soon as the credits roll. Yeah, don't leave as soon as the credits roll. I thought, I thought that they had good chemistry. I know yes. this is another one that isn't a bad movie, but yeah. there was the comedy oh. hit for me. It I liked it. So freaking bad. Some of the funny things that we just have to recap, just so people know, there, was Tammy Butt stuff that was is. very funny. That was, that was cheese, one of the last. The cheese wind tunnel was pretty damn funny. No, that was super funny. Bad, Brad Pitt and Tatum's Tatum, was always yes. funny. He yes. was funny the whole time. No. Yes. Suck it on his back like a Jamba Juice. Yep. No. I was just surprised you didn't give it a Mondo Mer. That's no. what disappointed no. me. I wanted us to disagree on every well, movie. We already discussed it when the movie was over. <laughs> it's like we both agreed that the first half of the movie was awesome. If the second half was just as awesome as the first, I would have been a Mondo. Could but it, it kind of took a dip and it just got too serious. It got it became too much of a drama. Yeah, it got too serious. It, it got too serious. I wanted to laugh the whole way through, and I and it, we should have. Yeah, so they made it serious halfway through. So, what, what laughs? It was funny. There was a lot of funny. See, you have no joy in your soul. That's right. You're soulless or joyless, one of the two. You've a, heard, we've already discussed this. Everybody knows that you're the evil one in the podcast. Yes, we all know that. Evil. You're the evil one who has. Didn't you say you were something, something, something before? Something, something. I don't know what you're talking about. We were talking about who is the most annoying. No, that was me. 
Yeah, and def- then you're who's, definitely the most annoying. And then who's the most Murray-ish? That's Murray. I'm, I'm the angriest, but yeah, I'm angry in life. But he's period. angry in life, but not on the podcast. Not and then you, you were something. But I can't remember I what. Can't remember either. You were the most evil. Bryce. I'm pretty sure it was evil. He was the most Bryce of the three of us. The most evil Bryce. Yeah, that was a bad movie. It was. It was okay. It was a man. No. I'm sure there are a lot of people who disagree with you. I would. You know what, Murray? We've talked about and this though. It doesn't matter wrong. what everybody else's opinions I'm are. It saying, matters what our opinions are. Out of the millions are. of people, you can't take what one person says and take that as unless, as a truth. gospel. Unless it's me no, or me or you, Murray, in your yeah, mind. Exactly. Exactly. I agree with the multitude. That's just and me. the last movie, which we have to talk about. Yes, we do. <laughs> which is kind of. Kind of funny, I want to say. Mm. Before you start talking the about movie's it, movie's kind of funny. Um, no, the movie's not funny at all. But what is funny about it is that Bryce got to see this last yes. year at the festival. Yes. And now it's out in regular rotation. Yes. And Murray and I hadn't seen it, no. so that's why we're talking about it. Yes. Because it's now out. Yes. And we're gonna give it a little bit more of its due. There you go. Because Bryce gave it a went back and listened to our podcast. You gave it a one sentence review. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What was my one sentence? I can't remember. It was. It was, it was something pretty good. It was positive though, wasn't it? It was. Uh, like, let's wasn't. maybe see if you can stretch it out for a longer it. than a sentence. Yeah, not much because I saw it so long ago. <laughs> well, you should have come and watched it again with us. There uh, you go. I stuff stuff I to, to do. do. I yeah, know. Yeah. He had to watch. Life is so hard. Some of the other terrible movies we made yeah. up watch this week. All right. So The White Fortress is a sort of dark fairy tale mixed with a coming of age film. It introduces us to two young folks that are both looking to escape from their current situations for very different reasons. In each other, they find the solace they are looking for, but just like in real life, things are never quite that simple. Setting the story in post-war Sarajevo adds another layer to the tale. The performances from the two young leads are quite effective as the desperation they feel is well conveyed. It is a story that has been told many times before as the unhappy rich girl gets involved with the boy from the wrong side of the tracks. West Side Story. But in this case, it feels a little less contrived, like West Side Story. Nice. It is quite a powerful film, and it is definitely worth checking out. It's a meh. Okay. I'm, I feel so much joy right now that I finally get to give a film a meh instead of raging about, like, man, it'll be well, watching I'm a bunch sorry. of crap I'm this sorry. year. I'm sorry. Is our podcast called Film Meh? I don't it's no. not, but it was. This it's is, called this film is, rage. I feel a little happy. I'm so it. happy that you got to give so much rage this week. Three I had to review, or they were, it just made me so. Angry. They were all. <laughs> they weren't just bad. They were like they made me angry. Other than the first one, I which I just it. didn't get. I love it that you get angry though. That's kind of why we. You're so endearing to us. Mm. Anyways, yeah, it was, it's worth checking out. It's mad though. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me tell you what I think of this because mm. it could be completely different. Although. Uh, my comment about it being a strong nursery rhyme overtones and symbolism through dogs and wolves uh, on who and what each of our two love interests are is very similar to your nursery rhyme. Mm. Uh, the film is very slow building and done very well as the story unwinds. It, uh, as it continues to build to the end of the film, it does a good job not letting us in 
any of the characters' true selves as their cards are held, for the most part, very close to their chest. I really liked how the story slowly comes clear and the ending leaves you with a strong sense of what happens to our male lead, but it's never really completely telling. And for this, I really appreciated it. I liked the canine symbolism throughout the film and the tie to Red Riding Hood. And through the filming style, it was very, it was varied and it was very creative. For the most part, uh, I kind of really liked this film a lot. I felt that the biggest gaps were the clarity and the muddiness through the middle of the film and the full character developments of the characters at times through the middle part of it. It was like they, they kind of kept on the stream and then it was like they kind of added in other characters that you didn't get enough to see them about. So the, it was the character part. And, you know, for me, character is everything. And, and so the two characters, I think, were done really well. Yep. But the peripheral characters weren't built enough to make this. I don't say this many times, but I wish it might have been a bit longer and a little bit more focused because I did feel it was draggy through the middle. I really liked it. Uh, I liked the creative storytelling, but not loved it. So, yeah, it was also a map for me. This is, wait a minute, what's happening here? We finally agreed on something. Oh, my something. God. Let's see what Murray, can he make it a trifecta of men? Well, let's see, Bryce. It was a foreign film that had subtitles. Uh, yes. Oh, Raggy. But this was a good foreign film that had subtitles. Uh, so, yeah, as uh, they said, Jim and I missed this one at the festival, uh, though apparently Bryce did manage to catch it. I did. Since there was practically nothing else playing over the weekend, uh, Jim and I checked it out. Uh, I'm glad he was there, and we were the only ones in the theater. Yeah, we were. Because <laughs> I, I didn't get most of the symbolism. What was the deal with the dog? We'll talk about that. And had to have it explained to me. That's not usually a good sign. Yeah, but... There was some potential for action in danger, but that didn't really deliver. I kept waiting for something bad to happen. I mean, the guy worked for a gangster. It did happen One who ran end. a prostitution and human trafficking ring. And he was dating the daughter of a high-ranking politician who was rich. Like something bad should have happened there. It um, did. In the end, it was basically a Romeo and Juliet story with a confusing ending that Jim had to explain to me. Uh, visuals were cool. It was nice to see parts of Sarajevo. But yeah, it's just a meh. What? Meh. 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 Yeah, yeah. The only time we I want to I want to unpack some of that because it's the I, I found it's it was one of those films it's so sprinkled through the entire film the whole little red riding theme with yeah. the wolves and the dogs and the yep. fact that she sees him as the wolf at the beginning and the mm -hmm. wolf symbolism and they're always looking for the dog and then when we get to the end when she finds the puppies yeah. It was like, it, it takes you through that journey, which was done really, really well. I really wanted to love this film. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. There's a lot stuff. in here to see. good in this to see. Um, I also liked the fact that the ending part, I don't want to kind of spoil it, but um, I kind of want to spoil it, but I don't want to spoil it because at the end he's missing. And I kind of interested for people who see this, if you're listening to our podcast, let us know what you think. We're going to talk about this offline and maybe we'll, talk about it next week so it gives you a whole week to to watch this movie and then we'll maybe talk about some spoilers because i thought it was done really well i thought the ending was almost perfect yep murray's like no because <laughs> i had to explain it to him it, it was 90 <laughs> minutes that was perfect about it <laughs> it was kind of perfect it was 90 minutes yes it was and just like the joy in our hearts 
We all gave it a meh. Yes, we did. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. this week still Putin but in addition to Putin I'm gonna rage the fact that Channing Tatum's not in any dramatic roles that's my rage this week after seeing him again I'm kind of falling in love with Channing Tatum I just that's what I want to say I love him I want him to be in more dramas or at least a full drama mm. all out 100% drama because I think he's got the chops you think he has the chops for that? I know he has the chops after seeing the scenes of him and Dog that were so dramatic, yep. I think he's really got the chops. And he's not just a body and a beautiful face, although those are also pretty good. He's also a good actor. I'm just a body and a beautiful face. That is, it's true. And sweet, sweet ass. Don't forget that. You know it. That's my rage. Okay. He's warming up his rage, folks. Okay. My rage this week is Dune winning Best Original Score and Best Sound at the Academy Awards. How can three hours of... Yes. Who called it? Oh, sorry. Get an award for anything. It gets the award for me for the worst sound in the history of oh, cinema. <laughs> Three hours of... Yes. That is my rage. Uh, you know, if I ever, if I actually cared about the Oscars, I would be even that much more excited. Although I did say it was fantastic. They won, I, like, I apologize they won, like, to anybody that was listening this to, to this with like loud volume right yeah. there. But, but, you know, you just ruined but hearing. That, that is what... Dune was for You three need to hours. watch Dune again because it's not they won, like, all that. Awards. They, won, they won every award. It's not. Yeah, it they won every it award isn't. except acting. So it should win. It should have won best film. Won, like, it should have won no. awards. Well, no, no. actually, Flea should have won it, but it wasn't even nominated. So. Yes. So there you all go. Right. That what is my it? rage. Okay then. <laughs> rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy, Matt St. Jack. Whether you're an avid anime fan, a wee tadpole still finding your way, or anywhere in between, I'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new. Think Yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in. I know you can't wait to hear, and I can't wait to tell, so let's get to it. This is Matt St. Jack with Anime Talk. Let's go. Are you going to get this down to at least two minutes? No, not in the least. Right, so make sure to, um, you hit the pause button on the recording when Murray gets past five minutes. Well, you both knew it was coming. Yeah, we knew. This weekend, 
was the award show of all award shows. Yeah. The Academy Awards. Yeah. Bryce already talked about it. Yeah. Well, Why'd you open worry. that for? You're gonna Jordan's. like you're gonna like this. I don't think I'm you may enjoy this. I don't think this so. week's many minutes is called Things I Hated About This Year's Oscar. What? This is wait, hold on a minute. This could be the best Merman minute ever. Yeah, if you let me get a word in, yes. <laughs> uh you know, growing up, I never really cared about movies. Like I was a TV junkie. Still am, I Still guess. Still is, yep. Oh, had only one tiny theater in my hometown. Which recently burned down. Had to drive in, but usually fell asleep in the back seat. Um, or having like, movies sex. like Gandhi. I was four. Oh, and movies like Gandhi and Out of Africa winning. No wonder. Now I make my living Some in the film movies. industry. Doesn't mean I love everything that comes out. And once again, a movie I've never seen nor care anything about won Best Picture. I saw in it. fact, it's good. For the Very last good. seven years, I haven't liked the best movie of the year. Murray, you'd like this movie. Birdman in 2015 was the last one that I actually enjoyed. Uh, I may not be ready to join you guys on the I don't believe in award shows mantra, but I am probably done with the Oscars. Yes! Here is why. All right. First off, Beyonce. Okay. It was bad enough. When Queen B performed every single best song nominee a few years ago. That was bad. Even movies I she hear. had nothing to do with. This year, they cut the live presentation of eight awards. Yet they had time for an eight-minute opening of Beyonce's freaking number. Like, every person who was nominated worked hard on these films. Yet they didn't get any, any stage time. Film editing, sound, makeup, hairstyling, production design, music score. Just try having a film without any of these. Not to mention the short film categories, which also got ignored. Marie, and you're proving I, our point. And I hate Beyonce. There I said it. What? The Beyonce? The Beyonce. No. Next up, people who don't belong at a movie award show. Oh. This list is long and distinguished, but as Slider would say, so's my Johnson. Wow. That's a Top Gun reference for y'all. Ugh. Tony Hawk, Kelly Slater, Sean White. A skateboarder, a surfer, and a snowboarder. Three guys who have never made a movie, yet they did some half-ass Bond tribute. Sean P. Diddy Combs introducing the 50th anniversary of The Godfather? What the hell? And the cast of White Men Can't Jump. Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez, and Woody Harrelson. Three people who have never won nor will ever win an Oscar. What? Nah, Woody could... I yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I want to add Reba McIntyre and Billie Eilish too, but at least they performed. Uh, don't even get me started on DJ Khaled and his incoherent screaming. And Lady Gaga presented the final award of the night for best picture. What? I love Lady. Lady Gaga. That sounds good. Freaking Gaga. I like her. What am I watching the Grammys now? What? Murray, she's, she's an, an actress. actress. Whatever. She was in the House of Gucci. She's not only an actress, a fantastic actress. <laughs> he doesn't like Lady you Gaga. You wonder why either. I can't get it under four minutes because you guys keep interrupting me. <laughs> Next up. It's the sexual double standard. Uh -oh. Remember the Me Too movement? Yes. How could you not? Well, Regina King and the producers of the Oscars must have missed it. 
two examples. Regina called up a list of men who had to get Reese tested for COVID. Basically, a list of men she drools over. And she physically gropes Josh Brolin on national TV as she pats him down. Oh, and she also announced to everyone that she was sing- single. Good one. Speaking of bad taste, Tiffany Haddish. Ooh, the Hadster. Yeah, I know. You guys like her. Um, no, I wouldn't go that she far. She presented like Best International Film with Simi Liu. A category she has no business being anywhere near. She also makes fun of Canadians, flirts Ouch. with Simu, and generally acts like a jackass. A complete insult to the nominees and the eventual winner, Drive My Car. It was oh, just, did Drive it, My Car win yes, something? Yes, it was inappropriate. It was inappropriate. Nice. Uh, the three Oscar hosts. Once again, this year's show went 40 minutes over, despite cutting all those award presentations. But they had time for a 10-minute Academy Museum segment and a lot of unfunny bits by the three hosts. Oh, my God. I admit I chuckled a few times, but most of it fell flat, and it wasn't needed. Finally, the slap that was heard around the world. (laughs) Chris Rock, one of the worst Oscar hosts ever, insulted Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett, by referring to her as G.I. Jane 2 because she was bald. Smith walked up to the stage and slapped him and then started to curse him out. As someone who's seen plenty of action movies, it looked as if it was staged, but apparently it wasn't. Then they cut five minutes of audio because of all the swearing. Let's not forget, Mrs. Smith made a big deal about boycotting the Oscars a few years ago just because her husband wasn't nominated. And what the hell has she ever done worthy of Oscar praise? Ooh, Different world? I don't know you want to be going down this road. There. I guess yeah. the important thing is Will Smith finally won an Oscar, which he should have won 20 years ago. Yeah. But would, after might four, have been justified. 40 years, he's still a punk-ass kid from Philly. Oh, Murray. Now maybe Jada can shut the hell up. Oh, Murray, no. As oh, a no. personal note, I ran a highly successful Oscar pool for 15 years at work, and the Oscar used to be one of my favorite nights of the year. This year I went to an Oscar party, sat by myself, ate terrible food, and had a miserable time. Guess I should have stayed home and watched TV. That's all I got. I, I'm on side with Murray here uh, for Will Smith. That's yes, not unacceptable. Absolutely. It was unacceptable. Okay. He's not a kid. Do we do we really want to do this? Why not? I'm Hurry the, open the door. Let's Jay, do I'm it. not the only one so, who thinks that. So Jada Pickett Smith, who has alopecia. Yes. Yeah, I get that. We all know that. I'm okay. not saying it was it was right for to insult her. No, I'm just saying he, he was wrong. What? He was what? wrong to punch the guy. No, and Chris Rock was tasteless. He, but. he slapped him. But the fact that uh, th- that on on a, on a night where she has literally made herself up. To, to look as good as she could possibly look, and she looked fantastic. Yeah. And for him to make that joke, when I don't blame Will Smith for reacting the way we did. Now, what I do blame is all the security that's supposed to be at this thing. Yeah. Should, there, it, it yeah. shouldn't have. It shouldn't have ever happened because somebody should have grabbed him well yes. before he got up onto the stage. It's true. But the fact that there's no justification for abuse, no, though, Bryce. Ever. It wasn't, ever. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. No. 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 It was. It was. It was a slap. Yeah, but still, that's. It's. There's no excuse for it. No, you there can, isn't. If you cannot control your anger, where you have to hit somebody, yes. that is like he could. If if Chris Rock, as much as Chris Rock was a dick, yeah, 
If he pressed charges, Will Smith would have... They, they have it on national television. Yes, they do. He would have went to prison for and assault. As a side note, the Academy, like the, the producers of the show, asked him to leave after that happened, and he refused. Yeah. The producers wanted him out of the building. I, then, I, then, an hour later, he goes up there and starts preaching about peace and love, and he starts bawling like a baby when he won the award. That, to me, is hypocritical. Yeah... I, this I, is... I think we can all agree anyway. to the fact that Chris Rock was tasteless. Yes. And that Will Smith had an, had a, a good reason to be upset. Yep. But there's never an, I'm never going to admit that he has the right to slap anybody. I, and I'm not words. saying that. But it never should have got to that because it, well, it I, should be on the Academy. That's more, more of anything. what your point is, is that Did they the write Academy allowed they it to happen. They probably yeah. didn't write a like, joke. They, they see this guy walking up to the stage yeah. and they're just going to let him go up there? Yeah. He knew he didn't have anything good in his heart at that yeah, moment. Exactly. So, so this, it's, this never should have happened. It was an emotional night. It was. Ultimately, the, the true story of this is that the Oscars are a waste of time. They have been the entire they time. Are they are they owe 90% get it wrong. And the whole Academy is a joke. I used to enjoy it. It used to be a very, very uh, tasteful and elegant night. And it, it has the last 20 years, it hasn't been. It, if you can have people in the Academy who don't even don't even have to watch the movie to make We've a vote whether this. or not it's yeah. good. It, it is, uh, the whole position of it is a joke. No, and it, this, this just kind it, of... It, it, it was an MTV award. That's what, whoever produced the, the Oscars this year, basically it, lo- it looked like an MTV award. What, what's the... Because that's usually where fights break out. Is what's the, the award show where they used to slime people? That's what they need the to bring back to the Oscars. Yeah. That's what they really need. Mm. They could slime people, the world would anyway. be a better place. Yeah, no, I, I, I had a lot of rage this week. Because of that, apparently, it wasn't just Will Smith. It was the whole thing. Because it was something I loved, something now, I hopefully, loved for most of my life. Hopefully, you can join us in our hatred no, of the award shows. But it just—they need a different producer. They need someone who actually has some respect for Hollywood. This this guy obviously didn't. Mm. He treated it like a freaking MTV award show. It was yeah, live well, live DJ. I'm glad I haven't seen it crap. in like seven years. Anyway, I, I didn't see a second of it this year. So. Yep. I woke up the next morning, saw the winners, said, hmm. I wasn't unhappy with any of them, to be honest. They were all fine. Well, the nominees were all good. So. The, uh, the only thing that shouldn't have happened is, you know, Flea should have won for something. That was when you went in Canto. That should have been your rage this week. Encanto won for best animated feature over Flea. Yeah. Well. And a Bond movie won for best It's because I didn't song. read them and I didn't care because yes. I already gave the most important award of this year out. When I gave Flea the best movie. You did indeed. So that's that. The lists. The lists. So, Trial of Chicago 7. It's a little bit of an unfair fight this week, I think, because we didn't get a lot of John Carroll Lynch in this. No, but we did get one scene that he was good. Yep. Where the, you know, where he decks the. Yep. Yeah, but <coughs> it we was, got a lot of Mark Rylance. We did, and you know, the, unfortunately, and the, and the one, the one scene where they're kind of you know chatting with each other when they're they're all in that group here, and he, and he says to uh, to uh, David Dellinger, um, he says, "You set out World War Two, even I want to punch you in the face." I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that so like, that was like a knockout right there. You know, so. you know who I'm picking. You know who I'm picking. Down to it. You're picking Mark Rylance also. I, I am. All right. Of course. 
you not? Well, unfortunately, I feel, I feel that means cause... bad for John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, who is so good in everything. Like, he I is. have never seen him in anything and not where he wasn't him. fantastic. And even in this, he was fantastic, but he just he, he ran he into a freight train came, in Mark Rylance. He Mike Mark Rylance. And lucky and for I, us, we put him on last week. And I'll, wasn't, and I'll wasn't admit... It wasn't even the best thing about the movie. Yeah, no, and I'll admit that this, the watching this movie for a second time, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did. I think the first so too, time. actually. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't. I know we both gave it Maz when yeah. we first saw it. I, I'd almost changed my. Now that I've watched it again, it, I, it was a mondo. This was the first time you saw it, though, Mur, right? Yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, of course I did. Would you, what would you give it? Um, I don't know if I'd give it a mondo. It's pretty close. I mean, yeah. like, like I, I told you, um, I've been fascinated by the 60s pretty much all my life like i was born in 1971 and just it's the free love isn't it well it was just the just the vietnam and the protesting and the, everything the whole decade but ultimately like, it was like the 16, free love. 69 was was like the, the where everything came to a, uh, you know ahead but i mean yeah it was a very turbulent decade so yeah i uh, i enjoyed it and I have to actually admit it, Sasha Baron Cohen, probably my favorite movie he's ever been what? in. What? This is so good. He was very good. He's great like in everything he does. I don't like no. Everything. No, not at Absolutely all. everything. But he was very good in this. And it's a good thing that he's not on the mesmerized list, or we might have lost Mark Rylance, too. <laughs> oh, no, Mark Rylance. Over Sasha Baron In this? No way, Mark Rylance. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because I'm yeah. glad Mark Rylance is finally... I've Probably, I probably would have. So uh, this is the first I, I person. Sasha. This is the first time we've had a knockout. We need a we need a sound effect for a knock. We need a fight bell, which I asked for numerous bing, times. Bing 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 bing. Well, Bryce is working on that. He's Apparently. making lots of money. Yeah. Mm. And then is he's he? going to buy us an add-on. A new soundboard. Or if anybody's listening, just go on our buy me a coffee and buy us some coffee. Well, buy, buy us some a movie board? rental, <laughs> and we need a soundboard so we can have some. Yeah, okay. Ring bells and some punching sounds. Mm. All right. Well, uh, last week we forgot that we had given Bryce an assignment. Oh, <laughs> it kind of fell by the wayside. two weeks. So. And so Bryce was going, supposed to see a Julia Stiles movie to see if she is doubted or not. Right. What's the story, Captain John? Uh, to your... Disappointment, I am sure Julia Stiles is safe. The God Committee was meh, and so was Hustlers. Damn it! So that is back-to-back mehs, and they are her last two movies. So she is not only safe, she's but she's safe, safe for, for a long time. Her next six films, and right now, you know, she's averaging about one film a year. So I guess you can nominate her again in about six years, but until then... Well, I tried to also safe. get her on the repulsive list, but yeah, you wouldn't like that one. Which she is not. And I think Murray and I would agree she is. But uh, actually, the God Committee was pretty good. Probably the best Kelsey, not that this says much, but probably the best Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer, Grammer movie I've ever seen. Oh, wow. So. That is that is saying much. Uh, that's okay. So maybe we should talk about Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, maybe. Because he picks some bad stuff. Yeah. He has I mean, Bruce Willis syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is meh, but I don't know what, I have no idea what he's been in lately. So. I mean, it's different. Murray, we're not talking about Fraser because that's a good TV no, show. I'm talking about his movies. We're talking about his movies, which uh, I don't know. I, I, like, I, I would say no. He's picked some pretty bad stuff. I've enjoyed his movies. But it's one of those cases You've where enjoyed his movies? Yes. What are you talking about? Yeah, movies. what are you talking about? 
you got sometimes you know you can't always be joking there not sometimes joking. you got to be serious, serious. <laughs> i like kelsey Grammer. i have think you, he's a good actor but have you actually seen yes a lot of his movies not everyone in the last 10 years but i've seen enough his last movie was miss willoughby and the haunted bookshop <laughs> even the name deserves a rage Father Christmas is back. I saw that. It was awful. I liked it. Did you yeah. give it a Mondo? The problem is that's another one that was just a Netflix. Like, I don't even know what our rules are anymore. I'm confused by it all. But if, that, that did not get a theatrical. If a movie that's streamed on, what the hell did it stream on? Apple. Apple. Can we win the best picture? Then we can watch movies on Netflix. Mm. He's yes, got a point but, there. But that that movie was, if not, it was... It then was, why didn't it got not it has released to, in the theater? It has, then? To, it has to be released in a theater somewhere. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. We it just didn't get it. It wasn't. So we whatever. just didn't get it. But no. And Cassie Grammer is also in the X-Men series. I enjoyed him in that. Did you? Yeah, that's a long time ago, though. No. Saying. So I that's seen a long said, time ago. If, it, if I, even his name pops up, I'm more apt long, to actually watch it. Long, long time ago. Do you remember seeing Neighbors 2? Yes, I saw Neighbors 2. Was he in that? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. He was Shelby's dad. Oh, okay. Yes, he was. Oh, I've never seen it. I and he was in the movie one. Baby, Baby. He was in Money Plane. Baby and Money Plane, which was oh. so bad. You should have seen Money Play. It's got, uh, what's his head in it? I don't see every, like I said, I'm a You TV. gave that a mad though. I'm a TV yeah. junkie. I watch TV. I think that's got um, a Canadian wrestler. What's his name? Jericho? No, uh, yeah, yeah. Edge. Oh. Stuart something or other. Copeland. Just like uh, the the nice. uh, police drummer. Nice try. It's Adam Copeland. <laughs> Adam Copeland. It's still a Copeland. There we go. Can so he really, he's not like Can the he play drummer. drums, though? Maybe he can oh, still play second. drums. Oh, wait a second. He's a bass. No, who the heck? What the heck? No, Andy Summers is a drummer, isn't he? I don't even know. What the hell it's one of, he's one of the police. There's three of them. Here, one of them drums. Stuart Copeland is a guitar player, I think. He's a guitar player. Yeah. So Andy Summers is a drummer. I think so. But now we're got off track. Speaking of drummers, though, yes, we have to say a sad farewell to our drummer from the Foo Fighters. Yeah, so, that was a bit of a, it's a bit surprise. of a shock, especially yeah. seeing a horror movie with him. I got to admit, over the last, I, I like, I still has. Does anybody know why he died at this point? It was an overdose. It was an overdose. Yeah. Okay, I'm just saying that over the last ten years, he looked super young. Up until maybe about six yeah. or seven years ago, and he yeah. has aged dramatically. In the That's what drugs, that I guess, must, does to that you. That must right? be what it was. Yeah. yeah. All right, Murr. So you've got, I bet, I think he has an assignment for us next week. You really want to go there, do you? Yes, we do. Uh, I will just remind you. Yes. Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Not the last two movies, two movies before that, you guys didn't like very much. Right. What does, what that, does have that have to do with, do with anything? What does that have to do with Price of Tea in China? Doesn't he have to. No, he's no, mesmerizing. He's mesmerizing. It doesn't matter he's if not like him. Matter. he's not on He's mesmerizing always. Because you guys hated Percy and you guys hated War with Grandpa. And that, yeah, was, right. that was recent. Exactly. But yeah. what? that has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with mesmerizing. Right, so we huh? have... Okay, let us re-explain this to you. The mesmerizing really list here. is a list where the person is mesmerizing all the time when they're on film. Doesn't matter if they're in terrible movies. Undoubted and doubted. It doesn't matter how great the actor is. It's the movies that they're in have Whatever. to be great or bad. Whatever. So, mesmerizing. What do yeah, we say? I found one. Perfect. Uh, father figures from 2017. Father? Who's he up Christopher against? Christopher Walken and J.K. Simmons. 
Ooh. Oh, God. You wanted no. it. You did want it. You wanted it. I don't want it anymore. Too late. Not too bad. You take it, you get it. You want Christopher Walken to knock people Can't off? Can't you find a good movie? That- <laughs> nope. That's not his job. <laughs> I love it. I remember hating this movie. Oh, there for, you go. This is ridiculous. It's well, great. That's three crappy movies in a row he's done, yet he's still mesmerizing. So you yeah. tell me. He, he, he was in, at one time, the worst movie I'd ever seen. Yeah. yeah Until that, it wasn't. That, that was only a couple of years before that one. Until it wasn't. So yeah, everything I see down here, it's, been, it's crap. I love Joe it. Dirt 2. Oh, can't wait till we have to see that. <laughs> who's well, he up against in that up, one? There's no one else know. in that, though. I'm just saying, this is the movies he's done the last 20 years. <laughs> I know he's done some crap in the last He's done years. mostly crap. It's been mostly crap. Whatever. He's, that has nothing to do with what Bruce we're talking Willis, about right he's now. Got he's got Bruce Willis syndrome. go crazy. He's got Bruce Willis syndrome. I'll keep putting him up in, in, in movies he's in. You guys and we'll knock him out of the park. But you can still... Pick a movie from like the '90s or the '80s when he made good movies. He wants to torture. There must you, be Bryce. some. Price, did you not? Actors. Did you not pick up that he is trying to torture you? Yeah, but don't. Well, yeah, Just that's his job. Nice. And you pick movies. No, no. I'll it's, stop picking. This is called film rage. This is the best day of my life right now. Murray is delivering on all fronts. Oh, I'm just angry now. He gave us so much rage from the Oscars. It's just gone. All right, last time on Rage or Dare, Jim was too afraid of Bryce's bag to pull from it, so he chose to take the action-packed double team from the Dare bag from our Ragers. This week, the boys are back to double-teaming the Dare bag, or can they take a scoop of delicious ice cream bag of goodness from mine? Let's check in with Jim and see how many minutes it took John claude to do the splits or whether Janus Robin joined him in the splits. Or he just keep doing what he does best, being awesome. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Rodman's pretty Dennis awesome. Rodman. Denise Rodman is fantastic. Denise Rodman. I don't know what God or devil dreamed up the combo of Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme, Match but I am heaven. now praying to them both to make a sequel happen as soon as can be. This film is the epitome of good-bad, with cheesy lines, terrible action, car explosions, CGI, a story that's nonsensical, and a competition in who's the worst actor in this car wreck of a movie. And I mean car wreck. The story, plot, whatever you want to call it, was so badly patched. I mean, edited through every scene did not make one sense to the next scene. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really bad. But neither did the dialogue, so it really didn't matter. It's truly horrifically comedic. Nothing made sense to the movie in the film to move forward either the film or plot or whatever you want to call it i'm not really sure but then again who cares john claude was there to save the day and as he had to come out of retirement as he was the only one who could get the job done no matter what it was that had to be done and get it done he did absolutely that's what he does and to my sheer pleasure a lot of time in slow motion. Yes. So slow and kung fu-y like high kicks. Yep. And at 34 minutes and 50 seconds into the movie, he finally did the splits. Nice. And I almost lost my mind with sheer Van Dangasm. Yes. As I want to call it. 
I lost track of why and what was happening. As long as Jean-Claude was on screen, I was happy. And the only sad thing was Dennis Rodman does only appear for a very short amount of time at the beginning and then shows up a little bit later in the film to double team the bad guy. Nice. Which made completely no sense. Why? But the fact that he, they parachuted out of the plane on a giant basketball awesome. was, a, was enough one-on-one action in this double team. Yes. Must be said, the lifting uh, of the iron bathtub with Jean-Claude's Van Damme's penis yep. was truly the highlight of the film. For that moment alone, this should have been a mondo. But... As much as I did laugh a lot at this movie, yes, it was not a mondo, no, but a quite enjoyable but. baby rage because it was truly, truly awful. <laughs> and and this is the kind of movie you kind of want to see with a group, but at a, at a minimum, double team this in cinemas with your bestie. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm glad I saw it again. Yes. Just not glad I had to watch all of it. Uh, it's kind of like I could take five minutes of it. Ah, uh, it's. You know what? I didn't. You know what? I'm changing my rating. It's, it's, it's not, not a, a baby, baby rage. rage. I had too much joy. It's a low it was. Man. It was a low man. Yeah. It was. It's truly, truly awful. The thing about John Claude Van Damme is, I'm sorry, he's he's kind of mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> I he's because he's so bad. I know, but a- and that's what makes his movie so watchable. You know the sad thing about it, and I I'm I, I think I maybe have admitted this before, but I'm gonna admit it now because yes. I had to watch this movie. Was that when I was younger, I saw every single one of his movies. It was Who a didn't? thing. All of our friends were like, "Okay, John Claude's uh, out. Me, we have to go see this movie." And it was a game. It was a game for us. We'd all put in money as to when he would do the splits in the movie, yeah. and the person the closest to that time would take all the money. I think I had the biggest belly laugh that I've ever had in my life in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. There's a scene at the end of, I think it's Lionheart, where all of a sudden, I, I think this kid is like, is thinks that Jean-Claude's gone away and, and he's gone forever. And then all of a sudden the camera pans up this hill and this super dramatic music starts playing, like the most dramatic music ever played in a film. And and Jean-Claude Van Damme comes running back over slow the mo- hill, slow motion back to the kid. And I laughed so hard, I thought I was going to wet my pants. It was the best. If you and ever had... since then, I haven't missed a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And, I haven't either. And they've all been terrible, <laughs> and I've loved them all. <laughs> The, the no. Van Dan Gasm. I didn't like action movies in the 80s. That they were all stupid. What? Yes. They were all stupid. No, I mean, they're But this was a whole other level of stupid. stupid. Yeah. The which fact made that it great. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Jean yeah. Claude, they were all the same to me. They're all yeah. the same movie. No. To me, there was a hierarchy. Yeah. For me, it was Arnie was on top, then Van Damme, and then well, Arnie, Stallone was Arnie at the made, bottom. Arnie made good movies. He did. Yeah. He made bad movies too, but he made some very good movies. Jean-Claude Van Damme just made movies that made me happy. Because it was his splits. It was always well, the splits. And his it. high kicks. He's got some real high kicks. He's got super <laughs> All right, Murray. I think we're going to take some ice cream from you today. 
Give me uh, that. Let me be give me that bucket of goodness. Is there I anything in there? I haven't refilled it in a while. Is there anything? Oh, I'm sure there's oh, something. There's a couple. Oh, baby. I thought you were going to pick from the other bag. Yeah, well, we had the choice. I'm going to pick from Murray's bag. I haven't gone shopping yet. Well, you got there's there's a few in here. Couple. Be prepared, people. What do we got? We're going to watch a movie called Hollywood Homicide. Is that Josh Hartnett? It is Josh Hartnett, isn't it? Nice! I actually remember stuff. Wow. This sounds terrible. It gets uh, two thumbs up from Ebert and Roper. So it sounds terrible. Uh, Earl Dittman of Wireless Magazine said, Hollywood Homicide will keep you on the edge of your seat with its adrenaline-pumped action. Hmm. Somehow I don't believe that. I don't either. How much did that cost? A dollar? Two. Two whole dollars. Two bucks. I've heard it's Harrison Ford's worst movie. Regular price, two bucks. Dwight Yoakam's in it. Yoakam. Who doesn't love Yoakam? Other than, you know. Everybody. Well, Dwight Yoakam's all right. And, uh, and. And? Martin Landau was in it. What? The Academy Award winning Martin Landau? That's the one. Huh. And then, wait, wasn't he in that terrible Canadian awful movie as one of his last movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> nice. I'll hand that over to you, Jim. Ugh. I don't think we've had an episode with more rage than we've had this week. We've earned our title this week, people. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to all the extended Film Rage family, who you can find in our show notes. Find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and Tee Public. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for our listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us an email to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. <laughs>